Good afternoon, Mrs. Reynolds. I'm confused. You're a pure soul. But you didn't say God bless you when I sneaked. <laughs> Loki! infinite fucking patience, man! It's not right! It's not fair! We've paid our debt! Don't you think it's time? Don't you think it's time we went home? I give you the Buddy Christ. This is Cocktail Cinema, folks. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, and your third favorite host. I am here with number one and number two, in no particular order, Greg and Shasti. <laughs> Hello there. What's up? I hope you're caught up on your catechisms, folks, because today we are going to be discussing <laughs> dogma. I give you the Buddy Christ. Now, before we get into that, let's have ourselves an adult beverage. Please, stir it up. Today's drink is called the Bamboozled Angel. It is two ounces of bourbon, half an ounce of simple syrup, half an ounce of lime ju- or lemon juice, two ounces of grapefruit soda, and a couple splashes of Agostura bitters. It is delicious. I've already had some. Mm-hmm. It is a very refreshing drink. Good all year round, but definitely... Definitely gets the blood pumping. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now, before your blood gets too pumping, oh, yeah. That's nice. let's talk brass tacks. So, Dogma came out in 1999. It was written and directed by the fat man on Batman himself, Kevin Smith. <laughs> the music was composed and scored by Howard Shore of Lord of the Rings fame. And their budget was $10 million, and they had a box office return of $44 million. Could have been a little bit better. We're going to talk later about why it wasn't better. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, better. this movie has a few familiar faces. Greg, would you like to talk so about So the director and shining star of this film is Silent Bob. Uh, Kevin Smith, always joined by Jay. Jay Muse, mm-hmm. Jason Muse. Matt Damon, ben, ben Affleck as Loki and Bartleby. Jason Lee's coming in there quick, too, as Ezrael. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys are linked at the hip. I feel like all of them. Um, Linda, Linda Florentino is Bethany. Um, we get into the comedic section of this film. Um, George Carlin is Cardinal Glick. Chris Rock, Rufus. Janine Garofalo is Liz. Um, Jeff Ander- Anderson and Brian O'Halloran. You know him from... Clerks fame. The clerks, clerks, yeah. clerks, clerks. Um, you know, as always, the beautiful Selma Hayek is the muse, Miss Serendipity. And Alanis Morissette is God. And the late great Alan Rickman, indeed, as that voice of God, because we can't hear God's voice. Behold the Metatron, voice of the one true the God. Metatron. Tell a person that you're the Metatron, and they stare at you blankly. <laughs> Mention something out of a Charlton Heston movie, and suddenly everybody's a theology <laughs> hey, school. Hey, hey, you know, damn right, damn right. right. <laughs> so, let's dive on into our speed summary. So this movie starts out with everybody's favorite boys from Boston. <laughs> no longer hunting goodwill. Oh, jeez. They are fallen angels, and they have decided they're going to try and get back into heaven with a scheme including the late great George Carlin, a large arch, and a whole bunch of killing. <laughs> In fact, they kill so many people that Professor Snape has to go down and tell Jesus's great 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 grandniece that she's got to stop him. <laughs> the voice of God. <laughs> Her guides on the way to meet up with the two angels at this church are Jay and Silent Bob. I think you've met them before. <laughs> yeah. They are also accompanied by the Apostle. What's an Apostle? 
Uh, one of those 12. I thought it was 12, right? 12. What the hell is an apostle? 12 guys. Apparently there were 13 apostles, and the 13th apostle was Chris Rock. <laughs> this ragtag band heads on, heads on to this church, and we follow them across the country as Jesus' great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandniece <laughs> comes to believe in God. And the two angels slowly become villainous. Then no longer do they want to get into heaven. Well, Ben Affleck doesn't want to get into heaven anymore. He just wants to start everything over. He's tired. It's time to go home, and it's time to just be done with existence. This movie ends with Ben Affleck going on a killing spree. Matt Damon dies in horrible fashion. George Carlin just runs away because I guess that's what he does. And Alanis Morissette comes back and sets everything right because that's what she does. This movie ends on a happy note for most people. That well, is our speed summary. Well, I'm going to get into this summary. Oh, not for the movies. <laughs> movies. We're watching movies. I love movies. <laughs> love movies. Movies. All right. Man, this movie's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Let's start there. Yeah. 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 Not much. <laughs> it's, there's so much to comprehend in this movie. It's it's sacrilege. Or is really it, though? Is it, it, though? I mean, it's, it's, it's really all just comedy. Yeah. yeah. It's... I mean, Kevin Smith talks about how this movie is the compilation of a lifetime of being Catholic and being a filmmaker. So th- this is a a real passion project for him. And you can tell. Like, this is right after Chasing Amy, another, you know, big hit. Oh, yeah. But more, con- more controversy. Yeah, this is yeah. definitely the movie that he had to bring his his serious writing in with his comedic writing and find a way to marry them properly. And, I mean, the, he did a great job of casting. He brought George Carlin in, who is mostly known for his comedy, but can play a serious character. And he's a modern-day prophecy pro- prophet, I should yeah. say. You know, he, he, definitely someone who talked about this stuff a lot. So good. So him playing the Cardinal is fucking yeah, great. And hates Spurfings, on the Catholic Church yeah. throughout the entire level of his career. And... You know, t- to start, you know, I th- mm-hmm. maybe I'll start this one off. You know? <laughs> I went to Catholic school, and uh, we used to get Friday packets, um, you know, sent back home to our parents, you know, with our grade updates and what's going on for the next week. And this one week, there was a big, like, pink letter. I'm pretty sure it's pink. And it said, like, don't let your fucking kids watch this goddamn dogma movie. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, no F-words and stuff. Like, goddamn. There were more F-words. But it was literally, like, it was like that. It was like, mm-hmm. you're you're going to be a sinner. You're yeah. going to be excommunicated from our school. Mm-hmm. Not not just our fucking... For this comedy movie. For this yeah. comedy movie. You know, it it, it rang supreme sometimes, uh, somewhere. I mean, it's... And it, it did that throughout the whole like, mm-hmm. Catholic League. Yeah. Like, to the yeah. point where they were protesting the movie. Mm-hmm. To the point where Kevin Smith was like, oh, they're in our town. Like, <laughs> yeah. Got, got his wife to go to a protest. <laughs> yeah. He's on, I think he's on camera saying, like, I don't know what's going on with this movie. You know, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, no, he is. And yeah. he totally played the part, too. And he, he, when, he, when he was, he's, we've talked about this. He's the most accessible director there is in the sense where his tours involve going to, you mm-hmm. know, college universities and huge auditoriums where he just takes question and answers for mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. And he said that, like, he's such a whore for press <laughs> that he was like, even though I'm, I'm faking it as like right. you know an angry Catholic, he's like I'm gonna play the part, and like he got interviewed by the local 
like Eatonville or wherever, yeah. wherever they're at by Jersey. Like the local Channel 12 News came there, and he they were like, "You look like." <laughs> like the lady with the clipboard and, and the camera yeah. guy looks at her clipboard and looks at him and like gets everybody and starts whispering to people and starts talking to him like are you the director are you Kevin Smith like no I'm not you know I'm just an angry Catholic and he like played the part so well he does the and interview they, is great yeah the interview they ask him like have you seen the movie and he goes no, I haven't. I just heard all these bad things about it, so I'm here protesting. Like, that was the that sold it for everybody. Yeah. His yeah. mom called and was like, "There's someone who looks just like you on Channel 12 News." He's committed, that's committed great. to that part. Yeah. Oh, it's good shit. He's he's such a great dude. Like, he, we talk about directors and actors that you want to hang out with. He's definitely on the yeah. list. Yeah, yeah, top of it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd definitely put him on the top of this list. He's like a, a genius. I mean, obviously. I mean, he turned Clerks, which is a no, non-budget, like mm-hmm. zero-budget film, into one of the most revered cult classics mm-hmm. ever to be. A movie with no plot. And either. then he, he... Yeah. And all these fucking characters he's created have withstood the, the test of time. Mm-hmm. He's, he's Jay and Silent yeah, Bob. whole character you know? web that he's, it's, he's it's built nuts. throughout his... You know, it's 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 absolutely insane. He, he calls <laughs> it he calls it his View Askewverse. View Askewverse. Because it's all mm. the characters from the View Askew production company, they, yeah. they either come back or the actors come back. So, like, obviously, Jay and Silent Bob are in everything. Yeah, yeah. And even, even yeah. Loki, spoilers if you haven't seen 1999's Dogma... <laughs> um, Loki comes back in Jane Silent Bob reboot, and he he talks about how uh, he's like, yeah, I got back into heaven, but God kicked me out again, and he took away my my memory, and I wound up in like the ocean outside of southern France, became an assassin. Just gives you the plot of the first yeah, Jason Bourne, Bourne movie. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. It's amazing. It's hilarious. It's a mirror mask. <laughs> mirror mask. Yeah. and they they started to trash it more and more because mm-hmm. of all the shit they had to deal with. Well, I mean, the opening. <clears throat> should we should we get the elephants out of the room first? Let's let's talk Harvey Weinstein and his pervy ass. Yeah, yes. because from a critical yeah. standpoint, like I guess I can say it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I if I wanted to go look for this movie on YouTube or Netflix, mm-hmm. buy to rent it, yeah. pay to rent it, whatever, I can't find it mm-hmm. for very specific reasons. So this is one you can even say that you like pirated or whatever. You went on YouTube <laughs> uh, and downloaded the, the Not me. One. I actually own this DVD and apparently it's going for like yeah. 200 yeah, bucks. Yeah, actually owns it. <laughs> I don't know how I own it. I mean, I did a lot of $5 bin searching in my day. I've been but looking for this movie for years. I got it. Like so it's, it's, the cheapest you can find it is like 40 bucks. <laughs> Not so. mine. Pristine. But yeah, I mean, so... Due to Harvey and Rob Weinstein kind of finagling the system and writing up a contract where in order for Dogma to be produced, they owned the rights to it for fucking forever, apparently. But it was it, it started because like the Catholic League mm-hmm. was coming after Disney for like everything. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. At that time yeah. in 99, like they had uh, like at Disney, like a, a Pride Day. Or something, you know what I mean? That was yeah. a chance for them to all go and and boycott mm-hmm. and and protest and, and all their signs. As, as soon as Disney uh, denounced it, everything was fine. Well, Miramax, yeah. <laughs> Miramax, Miramax was was Disney owned by mm-hmm. Disney, so they caught so much so much flack for the film, and it was even after it was done, where um, where Weinstein mm-hmm. had to like he was forced to pull it, mm-hmm. so he he bought it. He he bought it. He licensed it to himself, mm-hmm. to where he could lease it to anybody he wanted. And he yeah. chose a small company at the time, Lionsgate. And you mm-hmm. hear Kevin Smith talking about this now. He's like, 
So he did all this. They didn't know why. You know what I mean? Like other than the, the churches like protesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's like Lions. This small company, Lionsgate, and we were the Dogma was the biggest film on Lionsgate mm-hmm. up until these sparkly fucking vampires <laughs> came in. <laughs> and that's still how he says it. It brings light to the the situation. But after like Weinstein just pulling it, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's, then obviously with the uh, with the sexual harassment cases and, yeah. and 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 shit against Weinstein. Um he's he's mildly vindictive. Hmm. You know. Mildly. So yeah. It's he's fuck, a, fuck he's, Weinstein. He's a Satan of cinema and this is a yeah. movie about fucking like angels mm-hmm. trying to get back into heaven and shit. It's right. kind of ironic how at the end of the day mm-hmm. it's fucking swept under the rug. His disgrace <laughs> can't like bring it brought, brought yeah. back to life. Well and this is this is an interesting point to to bring up when you're talking about separating art from artists. Yeah. So in a way you can consider Weinstein the artist in this case. And it, it's it's really hard to separate things like J.K. Rowling's books from what she says. But in this case, I find it a little bit easier um, to put Weinstein in one corner and Dogma in another. Partly because when I watch Dogma, Harvey Weinstein isn't financially benefiting. You know, I it's it's for it's on YouTube for free. Um, and every every DVD that's been pressed has already been sold. So if you're buying a copy, you're not putting money in Harvey Weinstein's pocket. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a good opportunity to be like, yeah, the guy who produced it's terrible, but he already made his money. Yeah, and nothing I do will give him any more. It's, it's so, worth it's worth noting that you're not putting money in mm-hmm. Kevin Smith's pocket at that point either. Yeah, that's but the he's thing. still like at the point when Harvey Weinstein, like right when he was like got in trouble, he mm-hmm. was making his rounds, calling people, and essentially. Not trying to cover his track, but see who's said something yeah. or who's still on his see who's side. On his side yeah. And he he brought up the idea of doing a dogma sequel to Kevin Smith. All right, so I gotta bullshit I gotta I gotta stop move. this whole no, I gotta stop move. this whole thing. Yeah. I gotta stop bullshit this whole move. thing. All right, we've been talking about Harvey Weinstein long enough. Can we please <laughs> talk about the film in hand here? Well, I think this, I think <laughs> it's, it's important a, to talk it, about yeah, this because this is why this that, movie's that was, so hard to that find. That was the end of it right there. Is I yeah. was gonna give, like I said, Kevin Smith. If you if you can, I'm gonna be done right here. If you can find mm-hmm. it and buy it, Kevin Smith isn't getting a cent out of that shit. Right. But what Agreed. he is, what he was doing in 2019 when he was talking about all this and doing his fucking tour, mm-hmm. he was doing two thousand dollars every month mm-hmm. to, to to women. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. He, and he still yeah. is. He's, yeah, yeah because, because I was just trying of, to wrap yeah. it up with that, and then no more. <laughs> well, and it's it's another example of like, yeah, Harvey Weinstein's a fucking monster, but the guys who made this movie, who actually made this movie, good dudes, you know. So you've got Matt Damon, who's just all around a decent guy. You've got Jay and Silent Bob, good fucking dudes. Like uh, Kevin Smith, like he said, is donating to an uh, to women in film. That's the name of the organization, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't remember the exact um, acronym, but it was WIF. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he saw the problem, and he said, you know what? My movie possibly contributed to this problem, so this is how, even though I'm not responsible, I'm going to help make up for it. That is a baller move. Kevin Smith, <laughs> we will have you on any day of the week, <laughs> yes. bro. Yes, any yes. day of the week. Yes, yes. I'd quit my job to talk to you. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> I don't have a job. But... <laughs> But yeah, so it's important to know the context there because this movie is incredibly difficult to find. If you can find a DVD copy, you're paying out the ass for it. Otherwise, watch it on YouTube. It's not streamable anywhere, which contributes to its cult status because cult movies typically are a little harder to find. And this movie just naturally is harder to find. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
And it shouldn't be, though, because right. this movie's fucking great. Right, right. And it starts out so glaringly impossibly great when they're just watching people in the airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, yeah. How they, they just kind of flip of a coin on any kind of texture that they come across is... The banter between those two are, is mm-hmm. amazing through the whole film. Between For those of you who haven't seen the movie, so between Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, yes, there is sorry. a lot of uh, pseudo-theological discussion. So there's a lot of talk of you know, grace and fallen angels and heaven. And the reason the movie's called Dogma is their whole plot to get back into heaven is based on Catholic dogma, which is, is if you really just want to break it down into layman's terms, it's theological beliefs that are not necessarily rooted in directly in scripture, but they are supported by the church. That's mm-hmm. all that means. The whole premise is... God will honor anything that his yeah. his man anything will bound say. on earth is bound bound in heaven. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So Matt Damon and Ben Affleck give performances of their lifetime. Fucking totally agree with you there. 100%. 100%. 100%. I love it. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. No, I that's I was going to talk like ask you about that cuz I think this may be their best movie. Like Goodwill Hunting's amazing. I think these performances may even be better, especially from Ben Affleck. Like, you want to talk about even just the fucking airport scene. Yeah. yeah. Him, him, like, Bartleby's leaned back, eating popcorn, laughing to himself while he's listening to Lo- uh, Loki dissuade a nun out of the church. Like, he's, he's talking her out of the church and out of her beliefs. And then he sits down and Bartleby's... Like, you know what I don't understand about you? You know there's a God. <laughs> you have been in his presence. And I just heard you say you're an atheist. Yeah. I like, love to fuck with the clergy. He convinced the nun that, yeah. that she should be an atheist. Too. I want to point like, out, too, that uh, Affleck, is, he's got two boxes of popcorn. One that's empty and the one yeah. he's yeah. eating on. And he's yeah. spitting the, the uncooked seeds the kernels, or kernels yeah. into the other one. Dude, Genius. I'm convinced he, he's the biggest fan of Kevin Smith's group. Agreed, agreed, like, yeah. Out of anybody. Because you I mean, look at Jersey Girl. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're talking about his his like Kevin Smith's web of characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their characters either go throughout movies or it's the same actor for different roles. Mm-hmm. Like Ben Affleck and Mallrats. <laughs> when he was the yeah. ex-girlfriend, shitty new boyfriend. Like, yep. It's I I've heard and, and read a little bit that they're they're not really connected anymore, which is a real shame. I really hope that that Affleck and and Smith can can be friends again because they make a great team. Yeah, yeah, they really do. Yeah, I mean, Chasing Amy, Jersey Girl, and Dogma, just three right off. The it's bat. like it, yeah. Affleck kind of. It's like Kevin Smith through like puppeteering Affleck. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It seemed like Affleck, who's like already such an accomplished actor at that time, and Kevin Smith yeah. is still just like an indie guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? A cult dude already. It's like, I feel like Affleck put like that much trust in him. Didn't they all go to like school together? Or a bunch of them go to I'm school not together? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. I, I'm from Juilliard. I, I feel like they no. might have gone to college together or met during college, something like that. Um, but yeah, we, we've got a, a great team here. Mm-hmm. And I know we've been focusing on you know, on our, our angels. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's, can I let's focus on a setting a little bit? Yeah. Cause we are in the Chicagoland area and this whole fucking party starts in McHenry, <laughs> Illinois, yeah, true. which is about 20 miles North of where we're sitting right now, which oh, is kind of yeah. funny. You know, it, it is kind of funny. You just, you just fucking around at some abortion <laughs> clinic up in McHenry. 
and you know they take a trip to Jersey. You know, right. I, I thought that was kind of funny that this call out. Aria. Well, yeah, and the Angels are hanging out in Wisconsin. Yeah, like they've yeah. been banished, been banished to Wisconsin. To Wisconsin. <laughs> was Wisconsin really so bad? <laughs> you guys, he calls them every weekend to go hang at the airport. So probably right. Not. Yeah. Like, nah. I love the choice of weapon because he, he mm-hmm. like gave in his uh, his fiery sword. Yeah, and it's like ah, he goes into the gun dealer, which is a. Uh, 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 you know, out of out of clerks, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, "Oh, this one's called whatever," and it's a revolver. He's like, "I don't think I can strike fear in the eyes of anybody with this." Yeah. Thing. <laughs> you know, it's it's a little bit more concealable than the fiery sword, but and then it just kind of quits with, "Okay, Desert one. Eagle." Yeah, I'll take this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and for for all the the trappings this movie has, it's really a road movie. Like this is this is a journey. Um, like most of it, it's a journey movie. Yeah, there's yeah, there's, there's there's it, action, there's comedy, this, but the, it's a journey. It's almost the point of the like the the mission movie where it's like spy movie mm-hmm. where Jason Lee's like, I'm not gonna tell you my plan because that's what the villain does. Yeah. And it still takes some that to figure there's that mystery. Mm-hmm. It's not a spy aspect, but like you said, a journey yeah. aspect. It's it's a road trip movie that's just wrapped up in all this amazing craziness. Yeah. Because we've got <laughs> some we've got some of the greatest actors. On the planet, Jason we've got Ben Affleck. Well, yeah, Jason Mewes. Come on, uh, <laughs> we we've got Alan fucking Rickman in this movie <laughs> right, as right, right. the Metatron, yeah. and, and then, the hottest '90s wave, yeah, uh, phenomenon musician in, in Alanis Morissette as God. And they never let her say a word. <laughs> no. She's a phenomenal singer, and she can't say anything. Just so she goes boop. Even even <laughs> when she's the old man in the very first scene, they don't they don't let God speak. Yeah, so they hold really strictly to to this rubric and these rules that they've set up. It's it's brilliantly done. I agree. For for a comedy, the level of thought that went into this movie is astronomical. I think that's holds true to every one of Kevin Smith's movie. I mean, he's a banter fanatic, just like we talk about some of the yeah. greats like Tarantino and stuff like that. Not the same keel, mm-hmm. the same style, but. But it's, he, it, it builds, he doesn't it have to characters. have the same. It it's beautiful yeah. because yeah. he's like the dialogue dude, mm-hmm. and like you said, he like it's it's mind blowing when you look back. He wrote every one of the every part of the dialogue for this scene or that scene. It's like yeah. his main character, Silent Bob, doesn't say a fucking word. Mm-hmm. That's Ever. not true. He says three words. He says There's no ticket yeah, got, and thanks. He's got two lines. He's got one line. I'm just saying, like as Silent Bob being the dialogue guy and being able to go even further than. I won't say he, he can go further than Tarantino. I'll just say mm-hmm. without having the responsibility to learn your own lines, mm-hmm. so you can go into full. Yeah, you do this, you yeah. do this, and he also this, handed handed over his counterpart in, in the Muse. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like he like but, g- but gave he, him he, stardom. He lets, he lets Muse do so much of the schnoigans. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the most dumb shit ever. Bond. But he loves. Yeah, he, he lets him. In, he writes every insult that Muse throws. So at imagine him. imagine being able to like you have to write the dialogue for like this whole movie. You're in it. You don't have to say a word, and your 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 supporting actor just does like sound effects, pretty much. You know what I mean? Right. Like you don't have to write for him or you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, his for, facial and, expressions are pretty. That, awesome. that gives you the so much freedom for directing at that point. Yeah. it mm-hmm. really does. Like it's it, no, it's what man. makes them a great pair as characters. Really, it's you know, I'm Jay. This is my hetero life mate, Silent Bob. And they always and you know everything them. you need to know oh, about. I'm yeah. Jay. This is my hetero life mate, Silent Bob. Yep, I love Jason Mewes' voice too. There is right. something about it that is just calming, like as cr- all the crazy situations these two find themselves in. And listening to Jay speak, 
is the most calming effect. They are literally fighting heaven in this movie. <laughs> yes. And it's like just listening to Jay talk, even when he's being a nutcase, it's like, this is almost ASMRing me. Yeah, right. Well, he's yeah, like, trying to get laid yeah, the whole time. Sure. This is true. You know, this right? is true. It's just him, you know. Hey, lady, who in the hell do you think you are, walking away like that? Going around bringing people side. <laughs> I fell in love with you. He fell in love with you. We fell in love with you. Jeez, it's glorious. It's great. It's, glorious. it's great. And I think I think we should break form a little bit. And because this movie is. Freely available, and I highly recommend because fuck Harvey Weinstein, you go watch this on YouTube. We're not going to give away any more of the plot. Can we make that deal? Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think Actually, from here gonna... out, from here out, we should talk craft. Because yeah. if you want to see this movie, cool. you shouldn't have it spoiled too much for you. You cool. know what the movie's about now. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about why it's great. I like that shit. Fuck yeah. Fuck so yeah. So we always talk about, we've talked about dialogue a little bit, but we always talk about camera work. Shasti. Is there anything in this movie that stuck out to you specifically? Any shots that, that stand out to you at this moment as being amazing? Not off the top of the head, but I feel like you've got some. I don't. I knew that was going to be your answer. Mm-hmm. Now, this, I feel this like there's movie. No, there's no, really no need for trickery. Or there's like, not. Yeah. There's not. So this movie is not shot straight, though. There's still a few Dutch angles. There's some, there's some wides where you normally wouldn't put them. Yeah. But because of the writing style, you expect a, a weird camera style with one exception. Every shot of an angel, specifically of Alan Rickman or the character of God and uh, the, the muse, uh, Salma Hayek's character, yeah. those are all steady. They're glorious shots. They are perfect. Everything else, yeah, look at that. Look at that. That is a beautiful shot. Everything else looks indie. I think he intentionally shot this movie to be, for the cinematography, to be somewhat forgettable. But it leaves an impression while you're watching the movie that you don't take Jay and Silent Bob all that seriously because the camera's bobbing around a little bit just as Jay bobs his head, you know? So, but when you're watching the Metatron, the camera's frozen. And it's, it's like the cameraman is in awe of this angel. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And to add to that, um, I think that, like you said, all angels, all mm-hmm. deities, all, all that. And for every other scene, there's usually three to five characters in single scenes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's the, it's filled. The, yeah. the screen is filled with characters until you walk upon some kind of, you know, it's a higher, great ensemble level. Yeah. It's a great yeah. ensemble. And it's technically two ensembles. Because we've got the ensemble of, you know, the duo of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And then you've got, you know, the Jesus crew, I guess. You've got mm-hmm. the, the Apostle, the Scion, yeah. and, and uh, the Metatron. So you've got, and, and obviously Jane Silent Bob. So you've mm-hmm. got these two ensembles in a single film. And it's, you're, you're never left with an empty screen. No, you're and, absolutely right. And they're both fighting amongst themselves as it is. I mean, Loki was the angel of death. Mm-hmm. He, he bestowed... I'm sorry, I guess we were not trying to give up too much, but he, <laughs> he you know, how he portrayed him as... Is yeah. He, mass destruction, mass genocide. Mm-hmm. Flips the script, and now Loki's, like, the good guy. Like, I was just, mm-hmm. oh, fuck this shit. I mean, I don't want to do this. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about going against <clears throat> the throne. Yeah. And, you know, Ben Affleck's like, 
he's he's they called him the writer or the the reader the watcher the watcher mm-hmm. you know he's one and, of the watchers and now he's not watching anymore he wants to bestow he wants to go home yeah that's what that's what's at the core of every road trip movie is you want to get to your you either want to get to a show there it is or you want to or you want to go home so planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, you've got <laughs> this is totally yeah plane. yeah. They run, we can stop there. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, cars. You just want to go down, home. Train that they yeah. You just want to go home. And at the core of everybody's everybody's impetus is going home. Jay and Silent Bob just want to. They just want to go back to doing what they're doing because they're not getting late. Well, the they went out there to sell <laughs> sell dope. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they're trying to go back to the quick and, mark. And the scion, she just like Bethany, she just wants to go home. She's like, I didn't want to get caught up in all of this. The Metatron hates Earth, wants yeah. to go home. <laughs> God wants to go home. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. And then obviously, it's very clear that our angels just want to go home. This is a road trip movie mm-hmm. to the core, and you don't notice it until you look you know back. The coolest on. part after that, because usually road trip movies involve some kind of sexual act. All of them are like inanimate. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they like show Kendall yeah. fronts, and but it's like, that's kind of funny part of this whole movie. Yeah, it's like, and it's, it's I wish I could suck dick, but I don't have a fucking mouth to suck dick, or you know what I mean? It's, a, it's, or it's vice really versa. cool <laughs> that they took that idea. Like it, I think it's just a, basically a throwaway line if there is such a yeah. thing from scripture where it's like um, Jesus is talking to a bunch of Pharisees who are trying to trip him up, and they're like, so if a man or if a woman is married to nine brothers. But they all die in succession. She marries the first brother, he dies. Marries the second brother. She marries all nine of the brothers. Who's she married to in heaven? The whole point of the angels not being able to fuck in this movie is the line that comes next. Is Jesus says, just like the angels, they will not be given in marriage, nor will they be married. They will be neither male nor female. Hmm. It is such a small detail in the Bible that they built almost an entire plot line around. And that's why the Catholic Church got so butthurt. Right. <laughs> sending home, exactly why. Send, sending home hate emails to your kids. <laughs> I so you asked me about how it was shot, mm-hmm. and then you brought up this like the just shots with the angels. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Kevin Smith being accessible and answering Q and A's. Was that something he talked about, or is that something you gathered? That was just something I kind of noticed as I was watching. Okay, so uh, another funny story about him and his directing style. Like we talk about clerks, right? Mm-hmm. Like people asked about. You know, why it was shot in black and white, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And it was like, you know, like it's obvious when you hear him talk about, oh, it was the money situation, right? But like, yeah. if you didn't hear him say that, you just like jumped into some forums. It's like uh, they shot in black and white. So you get the perspective from the security cameras. And he heard <laughs> that from one of his like early Q&As a long time ago. And it got to the point where like he had a huge interview, like a talk show mm-hmm. on TV like the next week. And every time since then, someone asked him like, why it was shot in black and white? He goes, oh, because it was like really shows the perspective of the security cameras. <laughs> like he's he's really that type of guy who just does something because it's the easiest way, right? And we'll go along with that throughout. He'll he'll call himself out on it and mm-hmm. and be like an inside joke for everybody. But it's, <laughs> right. it's it's such a great aspect for that. So that makes me think for that too. Like, are these maybe high shots? Maybe just easy just to do a static cam <laughs> that's like we're renting for the day, you know, right? What I mean, or something. It's but entirely it's, possible. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Too. That would it would be really funny if if we're sitting here extrapolating all this <laughs> deep meaning out of the cinematography and Kevin Smith's like we had a steady cam for like yeah. six yeah, hours. I mean, well, it's the other side of it that he, he shows you that light. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's it's great. It's honestly great for a filmmaker to do that. I mean, you 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 talk about 
Kevin Smith's interviews. And if you want to know the ins and outs of like the comic book world, like the writing, or if you want to know about how movies are made, like he's kind of the guy to go to, like watch his, his interviews because he's he's very he's a fan. He's a he's a fanboy mm-hmm. of a, of a, of film and culture. Yeah, and comic comics. books yeah. and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. yeah, like I mentioned in the in the in the beginning, like he's he's got that podcast that's been going for probably almost ten years now. The the Fat Man on Batman. Kevin Smith wrote for Batman in the nineties, maybe in the early thousands, but. He he knows the ins and outs of that industry, so when he talks about it, it's in layman's terms, and it's it, it really gives a good perspective. Same thing with film, like when Shasti's talking about, you know, him him saying, "Yo, we did this because it was easy." You kind of get a view into how movies are made, and you realize as critics and as as movie buffs, we probably read way too much into film. Well, that's but the, that's part of the that's fun. The fun, yeah. It's like creating your own plot, creating your own yeah, ending. The best You're, directors and writers and screenwriters leave that for you too. Mm-hmm. Like we talk yeah. about that for the ending of a lot of our movies. Like mm-hmm. there's controversy of you know, when it's an opening ending, mm-hmm. does it did it really end this way or that way? They'll all tell you like that's for you to decide. Yeah, like yeah. it yep. didn't end any anyway. And it's yep. it's great. It's yeah, it's it's one of the things that puts him in that upper echelon. And that also works with the, his characters, mm-hmm. the web that he yeah. holds. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't, you never know if they're connected or intertwined at some points. I mean, he's he's gold, man. I mean, for taking something out of nothing mm-hmm. and creating a dynasty. <laughs> Seriously, you can't get much better than Kevin Smith. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's literally Uncle Rico goes NFL. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of what I what I think of him, and, he, and he's so detail oriented to the point where you don't even realize it. Like mm-hmm. when they're walking past, he's the guy's got a, mo- a movies m- movie cow. Like, yeah, just, you know what I mean? There's callbacks and callbacks and callbacks on every one of his films. Mm-hmm. And he just enjoys fucking with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of his mystique. His, his dynasty is he just wants to fuck with your head a little bit. Yeah. You know, they bring up the into the into the rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. You know, in this movie, they start, he's not like, mean about it. They though. start no. the movie with the disclaimer about how yeah. this movie it, it's it's hilarious because it's like, all right, like God has beyond, a sense of humor. Yeah, Look at the platypus. Yeah, they, they start off just by saying this is a a comedic movie, mm-hmm. and they break down comedy. Like everything here is satirical. Nothing is to be taken to heart. Mm-hmm. If if you're offended by anything here, that's not our intent. Yeah. And then it goes on to say like part two, like. God has a sense of humor, so you should too. He's like, just yeah. look at the platypus, yep. and then it goes on to part three, like, no offense to the platypus, we didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but this movie this is a movie that you know what I mean. It's just like yeah. they just make it so, yeah. I don't know. No, he, you guys are both right. He, he likes to fuck with people, but he's not mean about it. Like yeah. we, we, yeah. we've com- compared him to Tarantino today. Tarantino wants shock value. Kevin Smith, wants, Kevin Smith wants two things. He wants you to laugh and he wants you to think. Mm. And he does he's able to inspire both very well. Yeah. Like it, it seems to just come naturally to him. Mm. And sometimes overthink. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times overthink. Mm-hmm. Without how dumb some of the shit comes off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when he eat that comedic value through Jane Silent Bob, that how dumb they come off. Mm-hmm. There is truly a story to be told, and they always have their they're come to you know, sorry, yeah. come to Jesus moment where it's like, oh, these guys are okay. Yeah. And he uses that as like a ploy almost to like make himself seem dumber because he's so intellectually mm-hmm. there, you know, yeah. ab- abundant. I feel like 
he's it's like an idiot savant thing and he just Very, plays yeah. really well off that but fucking he, aspect he's got the people behind him too like chris rock Mm-hmm. Coming off yeah. Saturday Night Live at that time, one of the top comedians in the yeah. world, George Carlin too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? George Carlin, lo- George Carlin was the guy who, in all the stand-up yeah. comedian acts, he'd, he'd get real serious and tell you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Question everything. Yeah. Like yeah. don't don't just fucking go along. Like question everything. Be smart. Think and for Chris yourself. Chris Rock also joined him in later uh, later yeah. films too. Mm-hmm. You know, they, like I said, he's he's got people that he loves that like he cherishes and has respect towards, mm-hmm. and at the same time, these people would I feel like they would. Lay over and play dead just we, for his. We talk his, about some yeah, of the vision. greats like Burton and Guy Ritchie and how they can just have a, a star-studded yeah. mm-hmm. lineup just because, like, how else are you gonna afford this? And when we talk about the budget, and it's like, what for this many millions? Because they, be, you got these these actors that we look up to from these roles mm-hmm. who are looking up to these directors. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like Devito 100%. and all these awesome yeah, yeah. dudes just finally Burton along everywhere. It's it's kind of it's kind of the same. Well, thing. and you can you can kind of extrapolate that a little further and talk about how Sandler makes movies with all of his friends. Yeah. However, not all of Sandler's movies are great. Like mm-hmm. everything that Kevin Smith and his team put out is pretty good at yeah. the worst. And there's always a message, even though like they cloud it with like homosexuality and mm-hmm. like, or just, you're just, just not going to be in a chauvinistic yeah. pig. As or a, homophobia. A man. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. What looks like, like homosexuality is homophobia. What looks mm-hmm. like, Anti-Catholicism is yeah. just getting you to question. Yeah. And, and it, it, it goes to show there's a way to be in this industry and work with your friends. Mm-hmm. There's a way to, yeah. to always have your buddies around you and to bring everybody up and without making garbage art. once a year. Art. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. Not just some shit you throw on film. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, there's a message. And every one of his... Every time he takes a stick... Anytime he puts himself out there, like mm-hmm. he, the guy is... He's think well, about, he's not he's not making the ridiculous. Think six, about making you know? think oh, yeah, about yeah. making chasing Amy though before this at that yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Like that is a romantic comedy. Yeah. That is But it's like, <laughs> like the most shasty <laughs> romantic comedy ever. <laughs> like it is it is beyond I don't know. I feel like that film doesn't get enough credit either, but we'll Yeah, I <laughs> I think I think Chasing Amy definitely needs to hit the list. Like that's something we need to review. Yeah. Um I love Kevin Smith. And I would I would love to review like clerks and stuff, but I think it, to really get an idea of of what he's all about is to watch Dogma and Chasing Amy and Jalen Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Uh, Mallrats I think is a huge part of that one. Yeah, too. if you got time, throw yeah. Mallrats in there. Yeah, I it's, think I, I can get behind it, that. It's it's one of his you know early works. I mean, just mm-hmm. making fun at the whole angsty teenager. And it's like all the all the characters from that area that they came up yeah. with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Between Clerks and uh, Jay and Silent Bob, mm-hmm. there's Mallrats is the bridge for all of those mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All of that's them. true. And it's like Ben Affleck getting there as a different role. Mm-hmm. You see, um, Gail Hicks as a different role. You yeah, see, yeah. Uh, Jason Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Brody, and, yeah, and Brody plays like Jason Lee plays like twenty five parts. Yeah, no. <laughs> even sometimes like three times in the same movie, he's a different character. He's like the comic book fanatic, or he's the actual like, comic yeah. book the shader. <laughs> oh wait, so you just trace? Like, no. Or as the producer, I adapt the colors. Oh fuck, this is a great movie. This is a great movie. I know it's hard. Um, to, it's hard to touch on because we can't. We're not talking. We're not giving away too much. But it is a yeah, great movie. Yeah, but there's there's so much to talk about. I mean, from from the cinematography to the dialogue, to to just you know picking the right actors and knowing who you work well with. 
you know, originally Bartleby was supposed to go to a different actor, but because because Matt Damon had such chemistry with with Affleck on Goodwill Hunting, they're like, Ben, old buddy, come join us for this movie. And it works. You know, every second of this movie works. There's, it, it, you can tell it's a 90s movie at times. Yeah. Like, every time Chris Rock opens his mouth in this movie, you're like, oh, yeah, this is 99. But it's not a bad way. No. It's not like, oh, this is fucking dated. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what we loved back then. Yep. And this is what we love, why we love it now. Um, that said, I mean, I, th- I think we've covered all the bases there. So, um, any last thoughts before we get to, to taco scores? Hmm. Um, <laughs> nah. I always yeah, say this in the, in the middle director. of the taco score. Somebody nah, yeah, has I mean, there's so much. There's You got director's cut going on, too, mm-hmm. which is a new show from Josh and Greg. So it's like, I feel like a lot of the Kevin Smith mm-hmm. stuff will eventually. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've got and, him, and in the especially lineup. because we're not like giving as much away on this film because it's not out there for everyone, and you guys should spend the money to mm-hmm. support or go to YouTube for free. Go to YouTube and watch it for or free. that, you yeah. know, obviously, or pay Greg two hundred dollars for his DVD. Dude, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so yeah, apparently, so apparently this DVD plug. is like some plug. serious <laughs> kind of shit, you know. So I got the DVD. We got, it. we got it right here. Right? So. But, you all know that Greg is your plug for the Dogma DVD, but what you may not know is Greg is also your plug for the first taco score. All right. Hey, Grego, what's your score? Mm. Pause for effect. Can we play music? 82. <laughs> really? 82. Okay. 82. Okay. Um, I didn't... We talk about cinematography in this a lot, and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, character analysis, this, that, and the other. I mean, for one movie, there's not as much. I, you know, I, it's hard to explain because he's he's done so much, and I like celebrate his whole fucking dynamic, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it, for this movie, I didn't think there was an, a whole lot of growth except for like one character, Bethany. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why I'm giving it semi a semi low score just because of that. I, it's not my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Mm-hmm. It attacks a lot of fucking angles in your own brain, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a cerebral assassin in this yeah. movie. Um, I like that. Love I like that part. That. But overall, it was it was rushed a little bit as far as timing goes, and okay. Um, it, over the top is, is is a tough thing to say because we talk about that a lot. But that's mm-hmm. it, it, a shtick, and yeah. So I, I guess I'm just feeling. Time with words right now. 82. 82. <laughs> 82. 82. Shasti? I'll do a, like a 72 somewhere. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, um, in my echelon for Kevin Smith movies, maybe this is two-thirds of the way up there. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave it at that. 72. Okay. I'm going to shock you both. This film gets a 92 tacos for Holy me. Holy moff. Now, this movie... Is not the best movie ever made, but 92? I think I think it's one of the top. I'd say it's 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 in the top one hundred and fifty, ever, 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 because the the script is intentionally loose in some places and tight in others. the The camera work follows those loose and tight moments. The characters are well defined. You always know whose motivations are what. You never get anybody confused. This movie does all of the basics so well you don't fucking notice it. So, is this your favorite Kevin Smith movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I I'd say the next Kevin Smith movie 
I won't even tell you what it is, but it would probably get like a high 80s for me. This is a few steps above everything else he's done. This is a 92 for me. Um, Damn. This only gets a 67 from critics. Fuck them critics, man. Damn. Fuck them critics. (laughs) (laughs) But the audience score was an 84, so they're right on par with you, Greg. Um, I think critically, yeah, this movie is just, it's just very well, it's so well made, you don't notice that it's well made. It's you. You get lost in what's going on and what's in front of you. That you, if you're to watch it critically, you have to watch it multiple times, which is what I did yesterday. Yeah, hundred percent. I watched it twice yeah. just to watch it, and then when I was cutting clips, I watched the whole movie again yeah. as I went through. The dialogue is everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's why I, I, that's why this movie's gotten such a high score from me is mm-hmm. because of the dialogue. Now, dialogue, cinematography, intentional for cinematography. Kevin Smith movies because of the dialogue, mm-hmm. right? And like I said, two thirds up the echelon mm-hmm. for me. So. So, but before we we do plugs and stuff, we've been talking about dialogue a lot, yeah. and we've been talking about Clerks a lot. Yeah. Uh, was it the first or the second Clerks where Jay and Silent Bob dance? The second. The second one. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kevin Smith gave an interview years and years ago. He goes, "When when Clerks two came out, I was asking people like after they watched it, what was your favorite part? And like, oh, when you and Jay and Silent Bob, or when when Jay and Silent Bob are dancing." And he goes. It really hurt me <laughs> because I put all this time into writing this fantastic dialogue and everybody's favorite part is when these two fucking idiots are dancing in the alleyway <laughs> with no dialogue, yeah. just some music. Mm-hmm. He tucks it in. So, <laughs> so just, just a little, a little uh, anecdote I didn't really have a place for, but we kept bringing up the dialogue and it kept coming to mind. Hell yeah. That said, it's time... To do plugs, folks. I know it's come to that time of the night. Thank you for sticking with us this far. We appreciate you if you have. Since you enjoyed us all the way through, you should head on over to our Patreon and support us financially. There you will find early access to all of our episodes, both podcast and video. You'll get exclusive episodes, uh, and you'll have exclusive access to a lot of our pilots. Uh, We put all our pilots up on Patreon, and most of them we don't release to the public anywhere else. You can also head on over to our Teespring store and hit up some of the merch. Otherwise, I'd say hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification so you know when we put up something new. Typically speaking, we're putting up a podcast episode both on anywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube on Sundays. And we're doing a video episode every Tuesday starting in March. Right now, we've got Thesis Statement. And starting in March of 2021, we're also going to have Director's Cut. That said, I'm not allowed to forget that I wrote a book. Hmm. Greg forgot to remind me last episode, and I forgot to say it. You are the forgetful writer. <laughs> I am the forgetful writer. I wrote a book. It is a young adult fantasy novel, the first in a series of The Gatekeepers. The book itself is called Reaper. You can find it on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, anywhere online you buy your books in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. If you just search Josh Price Reaper, it'll be the first thing that comes up. Buy my book. Buy my book. Buy the book. (laughs) Buy the fucking book. Grego, is there anything on your mind you'd like to plug? No, I'm pretty pumped about Director's Cut, though. You should check that shit out. And thesis statement, doing a hell of a job, Josh. Thank you, sir. Keep us alive, ladies and gentlemen. We'd love to serve and protect your earbuds and your ear holes. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
I would also like to remind everyone who's watching and listening that all of our music is produced and oftentimes written and performed by the master of the mix, the king of the keyboard himself, Shasti. You all saw him mix our intro live there at the beginning of the episode. He does that every week with us without complaining. This is what we don't pay him for, folks. This is what we don't pay him for. (laughs) That said, we love you. We see you. We hear you. Catch up on your catechisms, like I said, and don't forget to say goodbye. Tell a person that you're the Metatron and they stare at you blankly. Mention something out of a Charlton Heston movie and suddenly everybody's a theology scholar. What the hell's an apostle?